Welcome to the next edition, the latest edition, this edition that you're listening to right now of Let Me Tell You Something during our year-long journey to see every match that Dave Meltzer's rated five stars or higher, and we're in the year that the year is being covered, that we recorded as we do it. It's Worlds Within Worlds. I'm your co-host, Lorca Mullen, and with me as always is my co-host... Simon Cross. Uh, Simon, whilst you try and figure quantum physics out of what I just said... What I've match... got nosebleed now. <laughs> what match are we covering right now? Uh, we're covering the New Japan Cup final between uh, five-star mainstay Kazuchika Okada and Debutant Sonata. It was all right. Yeah. So if people want to get in touch with you, Simon, how can they do so? Uh, they can get in touch with me on Twitter, where I'm selling a Simon Cross free, free for the number of seconds the review took. My name is Lorca Mullen. That's L O R C A N M U L L A for apt N for no fat on this one. That's my Twitter handle, Facebook, Letterboxd. If you want to get in touch with me, that's Lorca Mullen at gmail.com. Uh, get in touch with the show, lmtyspod at gmail.com. lmtyspod is also our Twitter handle. Uh, Simon, what do we have for our next match? Oh, oh, it's a takeover. Oh, it's Johnny. Johnny Takeover, and he's fighting for the vacant NXT title against Adam Cole. Bye bye! Well, Simon's hair just went flying all over the place with that pronouncement. But there's nothing left for us to say at this point except my name's Lorca Mullen. And my name's Simon Cross. Thank you for letting us tell you something. Have a five star time. Until the next time. So, right, so let's do the post-credits discussion if people want some deleted scenes or what have you. Um, I sent you a message when we were watching this match. Uh, I'm trying to find my message saying... Um, you mean I'm not in your favourites? You are, but I have lots of favourites. Uh, so, yeah, whilst I was watching this match, uh, I said... God, I send a lot of crap to you, don't I? You do. Um, you're not meant to agree with that. Yes. I'm worried I'm going to have close to fuck all to say about Sonata Okada. It's not bad. I just don't see five stars in it at all. Christ, that was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, and then we cut to today, because I'm an unprepared bastard when I watch this match. Mm. Ah, here we go. We're in trouble with this Sonata match, I said to you. I've forgotten I'm watching it at least once. 
and I will say, because uh, this isn't the only match we're going to cover between these two, I do remember when I watched their match in the G1 Climax in 2019, it was legit a really good match. But this one was just there, in all honesty. I This is one where I just struggled to see, and this is maybe the, I would offer this as the most conclusive proof that it doesn't mean as much to be a five-star match anymore. I refuse to believe that if Dave Meltzer had seen this match in 2012, when he's only giving matches like CM Punk, John Cena, and the Tanahashi Suzuki match five like five stars, that he would give this match anything any more than like four and a half, four and three quarters. Oh, and even yeah. then, I feel like that would be pushing it a little bit. Mm, I'm, I'm inclined to agree. Um, we have come in overwhelmingly negative um which is a shame because i am a big sonata fan the matt wrestling is really is, is really good he's a fantastic matt wrestler he uh, i remember his g1 climax match with the uh, zack saber jr was a really good example of matt wrestling and obviously he loves his british stuff since he he does a classic um johnny saint uh, thing with his whole what's it called the hoverboard not the hoverboard lock what's it called the paradise lock oh the paradise lock yes yeah. Little <laughs> spot where he ties, yeah, up and can't escape, but just doesn't make physical sense. No, if you have control of your body and you're not paralyzed, you can get out of something like that. Yeah, and then to drop kick him in the ass. Well, like I said, it's played for comedy, but it's a weird to have a, a such explicitly a comedy spot in a main event by a man who's called Cold Skull News as well. Man. To have a comedy move is a bit but weird. But it's a man that's all about like doing the unexpected because if you've got that handsome a face. And you're surrounded by that ridiculous haircut. It's like, how how far do, do I have to push my facial hair to not be a 10 Gorgeous. out of 10 supermodel? Like, I think he's the best looking guy in wrestling. I honestly do. Like, well, I'd, rate not... him above, I'd rate him above Ibushi. I'd even rate him above Sacrilege of all Sacrilege. Um, uh, uh, no. Tanahashi. Oh, I was gonna thought, I was gonna say, well, Minoru Suzuki, the gorgeous well, boss. Nineties yeah, Minoru Suzuki. Let's be clear. Yes, <laughs> but I'm saying at his apex, he was the most gorgeous bastard we've ever seen. And you know, I, I don't know if I'm counting women in that as well. To be honest, no, I am counting women, and I still say Minoru Suzuki, gorgeous, mm. outright gorgeous. Hmm. It's a weird... I'm comfortable and I'm comfortable enough in my no, like you know sexuality in my, heteros- so. in my like mostly heterosexuality, you know I'm I in the way that we're all probably on the scale I'm on the scale of where I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I, I where are you on the Kinsey scale? Do you think so? Red blooded uh... steak eating, poor mag reading, <sighs> straight or what? Uh, let's see if. Uh... Where would I put myself? I'd put myself 8 out of 10 straight. Yeah, yeah I'm probably somewhere around... No, I guess i go 9. Because I, I did <laughs> fancy a guy. But he was... You know, you're a student. He was a... Uh, he's quite a feminine, soft-looking guy. And we were doing a play about Oscar Wilde. It was all, like, all the... All the things <laughs> were in place. Ding, 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 ding! Yeah. It's your, it's your one-off jackpot. <laughs> <laughs> The stars have aligned. It was you. There's a time and place. In the same way they twinkle in your eyes. <laughs> like, I, the, where I stood at it was, like, I'm not going to say... If he instigated, I wouldn't immediately repeal, repel. But I don't think if he wanted to get, you know, go further that's, than a kiss, I don't think I was willing yeah. to go anywhere else. You'd have yeah, to get me a bit more drunk. 
That's all I'm saying. You know? But Sonata is probably another one of those guys that maybe I would... (laughs) (laughs) If you had to, for anyone, you might as well, you know, go big or go home. Oh, yeah. If you're in that scenario, (laughs) you swing for the fences. There's just no two ways about it. If if you're in a garage with every car in the world in it, you're not going to drive a Mini Metro. Yeah, yeah. Uh, From one Mini Metro to another, let's talk a little bit more about Sonata. Um, Wait. Sonata, what's funny about this, I was just looking at this, because when Kazuchika Okada was coming up through the Young Lions, he's only had two sort of contemporaries for his very short run as a Young Lion, because he'd done training before he went to New Japan. Uh, he At Torimon. Brought in, yeah, Torimon. He'd gone to Mexico. He gone. To, he wrestled in Chikara. I don't know if you know this. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, when he was briefly in the Young Lions, his first match actually was against Tetsuya Naito. And that was Naito just about to graduate from the Young Lions field. And then after that, his two contemporaries were Yoshihashi and the guy who became Captain New Japan. So basically the weakest New Japan Young Lions field ever was what Okada was in. Which had Okada in it. Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) Says a lot about the other two. Bless him. Yeah. Um, So he's basically been looking for contemporaries, looking for rivals. And that is essentially the story of his feud with Sonada. Is him willing Sonada to get to his level so that he has a rival that he can mm. that he can face with because he keeps beating him in the singles matches, and he's basically saying, "Come on, prove yourself. You haven't proved shit to me." He's kind of like Tanahashi was to him in a weird way, like trying to coax him and and challenge him to, uh, to invoke get to his best. invoke the next level in him. Yeah, Just and it drink. is like, and that's what because Okada does mostly control this match for the most part, especially when he goes off the map portion, and Sonata has to will himself back into it and. Uh, and then he starts getting close. And that's the whole thing with Sonata. He's getting closer and closer with every match he's having with Okada. Like, you know, Okada beat him mm. in the IWGP title. But it was, like, seen as a minor defense for him at that point. Um, <clears throat> so with this one, the story is essentially Sonata's getting closer. Yeah, and you can sort of see that again. At this point. Like, they, they did show in the build-up that uh, Okada's route to the final had been through uh, Michael Elgin, Mikey Nichols, formerly of TM61, uh, Will Ospreay and his chaos, two of his chaos teammates actually, obviously with Will Ospreay and then Ishii. Whereas Sonata was claiming some big scalps, really. He gets through Hiroki Goto in the first round, Minoru Suzuki in the second round, a surprise Colt Cabana in the quarterfinals, and Tanahashi he beats in the semis to get to this point. Who, who I think a lot of people would have expected more likely to be in the final since it was like, if anyone might face Jay White at Madison Square Garden that's not Okada, it might be Tanahashi. Yeah. Especially because, let's be honest, you're to... watching this match, you're thinking, I don't think they're going to main event their Madison Square Garden show with Jay White against Sonata. No. It is, yeah, it does seem a bit foregone. So it's um, all about it's... trying to make Sonata look like he's more on Okada's level. And they do that by having him, you know, fight and battle and like have Okada in such a, a weakened state that when he goes for the moonsault at the end, Okada's just desperately grasping onto his foot to stop it. Mm. He's having to block. Uh, and it's because of how well they, he sells, um, Okada sells Skull's end, I think. Mm. Um, they really put that move over, which is obviously part of the process of making Sonata Okada's te- contemporary. It just looks really cool. I love, I love like choke finishes. 
Yeah. Sonic have always had a soft spot I'm for. Not, I don't know. I've never looked. What frustrates me is that his arms always over like their eyes. I always think that the sleeper should be on. The, like my recollection of the dragon sleeper is Ultimo Dragon would do it, and what it's named yeah. after, and Tatsumi Fujinami was that it was more o- on, around their chin or their neck. But with a, a Sonata, it seems like he's got it sort of over the head. I don't know. Maybe it's because it's meant to be a sleeper, so obviously it's meant to be like. Yeah, a, it's it's I, over I, the I, head, yeah. and you push the head down to keep and the neck like, up because that way, a blood pools in the back of the brain, yeah. and you do constrict the windpipe that way by stretching it backwards. Yeah, I guess, but it just doesn't look. It doesn't look that hard to escape, in all honesty. Until he grapevines. Mm. When he grapevines, yeah, it looks yeah. a lot more. I do take your point. The standing ones a bit. Yeah. yeah, but I do love how he spins him around as well. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't do that with Tanahashi. His, his head would just fall off. <laughs> what if the wig came off? <gasps> I, I couldn't take that um, shock to my uh, core belief system that Tanahashi wears a wig. Yeah, I couldn't. It's, it's I couldn't. Kind of, so this is just kind of Mad Libs Kazuchiro card, a thirty-five minute match slot anyone else in with him, really. Yeah. Um. And then he hits the Rainmaker and it's three. Jobs are good. So that's yeah. it really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's it, yeah. I just, I don't have much more, to, I don't really have anything to say. No, and I fully echo your point. This match wouldn't be on the list if it happened in 2012. Mm. So what do you think Meltzer sees as five stars in it? Is I it think just it's just the... that he's so in love with New Japan wrestling at this point. I it's, think... like, it's like there are a couple of those All Japan matches, like the Giant Baba Six Man, where you're like, this is entertaining, but it's not. Where's Five Stars coming from? I think it comes down to two factors. Uh, I think the map wrestling portion at the start of the match is something that would appeal to his tastes. Mm. Um, and I think because he's obviously seen what we haven't he's seen the other okada sonada matches yeah. so he's got the context of the story of sonada getting ever closer right. and maybe he likes the way maybe there were callbacks to the stuff that happened in the three previous matches mm. we don't know mm. he has that knowledge so maybe there maybe from a storytelling perspective it was far better than we know mm. yeah maybe but anyway, I don't, I don't really have anything else to say, do you? No. Well, we've done all our outros, so that's the end.